0: Welcome to Finding Certainty with your host and U.S. Army veteran, Patrick Lang. Over the next hour, you'll learn from Patrick and his expert guests how to attract more certainty into your business and your life. Now, here is your host, Patrick Lang.
1: Welcome to Finding Certainty, everybody. I'm very honored today to have a special guest, my good friend, Lloyd Ward. He's the founder and CEO of Ward Holdings. And what he's doing with his business, what he's done throughout his career, and what he is unfolding in the in the country of Africa is just absolutely extraordinary. Uh, we're going to talk about his background and share his story, share what's happening with his his business and his team and his vision. Uh, very excited to have you with us today, Lloyd. Thank you so much for making the time.
2: It's great to be with you, Patrick, and your listeners.
1: My pleasure, and I'm. You know, if you're uh, if you're listening in today, or if you're listening to this recording later, um, this is a, a this is an episode I've been looking forward to now for several weeks. Uh, it's a story that is just really, um, really almost overwhelming when you hear it. Uh, the pieces that have come together, the people, the uh, preparation that's gone into it. It's uh, I'm a big believer, Lloyd, in what what I refer to as divine choreography. And I see that in effect in your story and in your in your project. So I, I know you agree with that. Um, so I always start out every episode by sharing a couple of reasons why I've invited this guest to be on our show, Finding Certainty. And as you all know, Finding Certainty is about two things, really. It's about evolving as a company or as an organization, being willing to change, being willing to think outside the box, consider new approaches, new relationships, new technologies, and so forth. And it's also about working together, about linking arms to make things happen. We may vote differently, we may come from different backgrounds, or different races, different genders, different sexual orientations, the list goes on but we have more in common than we have differences. And if we look for those commonalities, we can accomplish amazing things. And so that's the that's the first reason why I invited Lloyd to be on our show, because as I've gotten to know him and his team, his extraordinary team, Martin Johnson and and others, they are an epitome of this principle of working together to bring to pass amazing things. Secondly, as you hear Lloyd's history and his his career, um, you're probably the most accomplished guest I've ever had on my show, Lloyd, if I may say so. So I'm very honored to have you be here. But so let's let's jump into it. Um, if you would be so kind, do you mind just telling us a little bit about your background? I know you've you've done amazing things in your career. You're, you were the first African American CEO of a, a Fortune 500 company. You're the um, uh, the CEO of Maytag, the uh, uh, senior vice president with Pepsi, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, president of Frito Lay, I mean the list goes on and on. You're president of the uh, the 2002 Olympic Committee, if I'm not mistaken. Correct? Um, that is correct. I mean you ha- you so, have a, you have a resume that would put that puts puts most people to
2: shame. <laughs> Well, not really. I just have a resume where God allowed me, and he had a plan bigger for me than I had for myself. He allowed me to see and do the things that I needed to see to prepare me for his assignment for me on earth. Uh, when God's plan is bigger for you than you have for yourself, um, amazing things happen. You know, I was born in, a, in Detroit, Michigan, and I actually was raised in a suburb of Detroit, a rural area, so not in an urban city. And you know we had a little farming area, and we grew up in. I uh, have two uh, brothers and two sisters, so five of us, and a mother and a father. We grew up in a nuclear family, and we had. You know, we did farming, we did canning. You remember the old canning that you did, and maybe you're too young to know that, Patrick. But but it was a self. You you really made things work for yourself. And I grew up in that. You just take a hold of things and make them work for yourself. We we didn't have a lot of means, but we didn't consider ourselves poor. Right, and so I got an education. I went on to Michigan State University. I earned my way there through academic and athletic scholarship, uh, and got an engineering degree. Then later an MBA, uh, and then I started working at Procter and Gamble for seventeen years, from entry level to vice president, then on to Pepsi Cola, vice president, then the Frito Lay president of Frito Lay, and that's pretty significant in terms of God preparing me for what I'm doing now, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Uh, and then on to be uh, the first African-American CEO of the Fortune 500 company. I did not set out to do that in my life. <laughs> that was something that God allowed me to do as he was preparing me for my assignment on earth. Most people see the things that I've done in my career as my of achievement. And while they are noteworthy, they were preparation for this moment in time. Right. Uh, on to be the, the CEO of the United States of Committee going into the 2002 Winter Olympic Games. Uh, on the board of J.P. Morgan Chase and General Motors. Uh, after I uh, left corporate America, I went to Wall Street with a friend of mine, another African-American. And two, two African-Americans raised $300 million on Wall Street in a SPAC, special purpose acquisition company, which is a particular kind of instrument that you can use in the, in the capital markets. Uh, and so God has prepared me for what is happening now and what we're doing in Africa
1: right well i speak about divine choreography and i've seen that in my life i've seen that in many of my guests but it's very apparent in in your life and your career i completely agree that the lord has been preparing you for what you're doing today and i'm glad you mentioned the fact i was going to bring it up if you didn't that as much as you've accomplished as many accolades as you've received and and so forth as much experience as you've gained You don't consider that the the pinnacle achievement. What you consider the highlight and what will be your legacy, I believe, is what you're doing now, which we're going to talk about today. So that's uh, that's that's a great uh, precursor to our conversation today.
2: So anyone, go go ahead. So Patrick, so Patrick, think about it this way: that you know, iron sharpens iron, and God prepared me for this moment in time. Right. And so while I had those achievements during my career, it was in 2017 that God first started to reveal, reveal to me my purpose to be on this planet. And that was after a successful raise of the SPAC $300 million. And I got invited to, to places around the world to talk about how two black guys can go on uh, Wall Street and raise that kind of money. Right. And one of the African countries, and only one African country invited me, and that was Ghana and so i went it was a black tie affair and it was a wonderful evening And after the affair they asked me if i wanted to go out and see the atlantic ocean on the starfield night and i said of course i did and so we went but it was on a boardwalk that was distant from the water and so i wanted to get closer now you won't believe this patrick i took off my shoes took off my socks rolled up my tux pants. And I started to walk that sandy beach to the water's edge and those that were with me followed suit. We got to the water's edge and I was standing there looking at that magnificent ocean that seemed to go on forever and the stars and the bright in the sky and in far distance it seemed like heaven and earth came together and I was marveling at the amazement of God in my presence and at that moment in time Patrick he struck me to my knees. And I remember when I was falling to my knees, those that were with me were saying, Mr. Ward, Mr. Ward, Mr. Ward, Mr. Ward. And their voices faded in the distance as God took me to the spiritual realm. And Patrick, he let me see souls, millions of souls, souls of our ancestors that were chained and stuffed together like sardines and the bowels of slave ships, many of them not to make it. And those that did, there was no way back. And as I was there on my knees, my soul cried for our ancestors. God said these words to me. These souls are mine, my son. And he let me come back to the earthly world. Now, Patrick, I did... Not know that that was God preparing me for this moment in time, my assignment on Earth, and much happened since 2017. But you know what we're doing now, and we'll show that with some with listeners,
1: right? You know, uh, I don't know if you, you don't know this, but I titled this episode um, "Inspired Leadership" and the Unshackling of Africa, and I think it's right in line with what you're you're talking about and. As we talk about um, the history of Africa, and I know it's a lead into this project that you're spearheading that is so immense and so potentially generationally changing, life-changing, right? Um, I believe that, and I've heard you, you you talk about this. I've learned much of this from you, but I've, I, I, I've studied it. I've researched it. I just watched a documentary just recently called Descendant. It was about the last slave ship that brought people to, to Africa. It was actually after slavery had been abolished. This was a big, uh, cover up. I don't know if you've seen this documentary Lloyd, but highly recommend you you watch it on Netflix. It was about a ship called the Potilda that came into, um, I guess, Alabama and, um, and then slaves were brought off the ship and, hidden on land because it was against the law then to bring slaves into America by penalty of death. And then they burned the ship to hide the evidence. And this whole documentary is about how um, they have recovered this ship and as evidence of this crime. And and much of the documentary talks about how, and and I've heard you even say this before in, in your speeches and, it talked about how if you don't know where you're from, how can you know where you're going, right? Yes. And this is this is hard for me to relate to. Um, I my family goes back generations. I know my genealogy. My dad was a professional genealogist, and but he traveled the South Pacific, and he he's done genealogy all over the world. And I know this is a very personal, very important element of what you're doing is helping bridge that gap and helping unshackle Africa as a country. Now, um, any comments on that, just this, this thought? It's interesting. I just watched this documentary just about a week ago, and I thought, wow, what a great, uh, what an important insight into this conversation.
2: Well, it is insightful, and it is relevant. Um, slavery by design broke up Black families. Broke up, um, um, you know, husband from wife and, and mothers from children, and and it did that by design. It did that so that uh, slave would be easier to control. And so many African Americans, including myself, we don't know where we're from. We know we're from Africa we don't know where in africa we don't know what village or what part of africa we're from right. now you can with with dna now you can find certain web pathways back to your genomic and and many of us do that and my brother has done that i have and so it's very interesting but here's the thing it's one thing to know that scientifically it's another to know that in your soul Right. And it is about the soul. So I am definitely a U.S. citizen and I am very proud of that. And I wouldn't have had it any other way. And God bless me with that. But my soul is African. And as I have reconnected with the motherland, here's the thing to understand. God planted the seed of humankind in Africa and in Gorgor, Tanzania. It's the first evidence of humankind. Right. So all of us, white, black, red, brown, yellow, we are all from the Africa diaspora, we all came from Africa,
1: right? We are all brothers and sisters. Um, all
2: brothers and sisters.
1: It's one of the things I love about your project. Is not only is it helping Africa come out of uh, out of the dark ages, right? Out of uh, the colonialization and marginal marginalization and and. The 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 forces, very powerful forces that have kept Africa down, you're bringing it out into the light, into the 21st century, and it's very inspiring. And I think it, not only does it does it raise up Africa and impact the African people, and and those who are investing in this project and so forth and so on, but I believe it impacts everyone because a rising tide rises all ships. Right? If we can improve. Andrew we can improve the, not just the economics, but the understanding and appreciation and value of Africa. I believe we improve the world as a whole. And uh, it's very important, I think. so. Um,
2: well, well, Patrick, even even more than that, which is uh, 100% aligned with my view of my worldview, there's even a more practical way to understand this. So Africa is the most resource abundant land on earth. And yet it contributes less than 3% to the global economy.
1: That blew my mind when I heard that.
2: It's it's hard to imagine. And it can only happen through systemic and intentional marginalization. Right. And so how does that happen? It's because Africa, out of colonialism, and it's only been since the mid-60s, the early 60s, that Africa has been self governing It's been colonized and run by its European masters for 300 years. right, And so today Africa monetizes all its vast resources at the lowest value in the global economic supply chain at commodities for agricultural crops and unrefined metals and uh, materials from what's extracted from their land at the lowest economic value. And what we're doing is we're providing a pathway because God has said, That it is time for kingdom on earth. It's kingdom time. And we are only doing what God is asking us to do. I know my assignment. And God says it's already done. Go do the work. You want certainty? I loved your definition of certainty as you talked about it at the beginning of your show. And that's earthly. With God, the certainty is it's already done. He knows past, present, and future. He knows the beginning. He knows the end. Right. We are playing in his or his his scenario, his domain, and so since he knows that and it's already done, and he tells us to go do the work. Do you know the power of that in terms of going out and doing what you have to face every day to change the paradigms of the earthly world to pursue the power of heaven, right and kingdom. Well, that's certainty.
1: You know that that reminds me of a a lesson I learned once about how we are discovering who we are. and it's not learning it for the new time or for the first time, it is actually remembering who we are and having it revealed to us who we always were, who we are at our core. I loved that. Uh, I love that insight into I guess our our makeup and our divine um, heritage, I think is probably the best word. Um, Well,
2: Patrick, you know, look, all things are connected past, present, and future. So, our present is, as we look at the stars at night, that star's distant past. It took many, many years for that starlight to reach our eyes, which is our presence. But that star is its distant past. And God sees all. So, all things are connected past, present, and future. The stars are already in our future. And so we have to understand that through, through divine guidance, and people ask me what my superpower is, if you can imagine that. You know what I tell them, Patrick? Connecting people. I tell them, no, sir. I say, God speaks to me and I listen.
1: Ah, that's awesome. You know, I used to make uh, New Year's resolutions every year, and I finally stopped. I, I made one goal. I've done this for now for several years, and that one goal was to follow every prompting to listen wow. is oh. in, in my life when you do that you do much better right you're, you're on the right path so Indeed. so we're up against our our first break but um you know lloyd and i met at liberty university at a big ceo summit um not too long ago and i really felt like i'd met my brother at kaka in swahili right <laughs> my brother that is correct Brother, we hit it off right from the beginning and really honored to have you we're going to go to break real quick but we are visiting with lloyd ward ceo of ward holdings uh looking forward to continuing the conversation with you lloyd thanks again for for being here
0: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Certainty Management can help create more certainty in your life with our deep discount health insurance options, even for 1099s, part-time employees, volunteers, and more. Pay less to protect yourself, your loved ones, and your team. Call 888-684-3122 for a free quote today. That's 888-684-3122. Visit us on the web at CertaintyTeam.com. That's Certainty, T-E-A-M, like Mary, dot com.
3: If you're a nonprofit in need of funding, we can help. Certainty Management is a cost reduction firm that also helps churches, schools, sports teams, and other nonprofits raise unlimited zero cost funding. Best of all, you don't have to sell anything or ask for donations. Call 888 684 3122 to learn more today. That's 888 684 3122. Visit us on the web at certaintyteam.com. That's certainty, T E A M, like Mary.com.
0: You're listening to Finding Certainty with Patrick Lang. Have a question for Patrick or his guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790 now back to the show with patrick
1: welcome back everybody we're visiting with lloyd ward my good friend and founder and ceo of ward holdings we're going to be talking uh, in this next segment about his project what they're doing and the different facets of it we've uh, visited a little bit about uh, his background which is uh, incredibly impressive we we talked uh, about how he has been prepared throughout his life and He's as much as Lloyd has accomplished, he's very humble. He doesn't, he doesn't, uh, you know, like talking necessarily about his achievements because he really believes today what he's doing is the pinnacle of his career. But, but he has accomplished and served in some extraordinary roles, including the CEO of Maytag and, and so forth and so on. Now, you were talking about the $300 million SPAC that you were able to go get from Wall Street, Lloyd. And I've got to say that. You know, a SPAC is is it wasn't even necessarily um, targeted or planned for a specific project. It's basically just going and getting three hundred million dollars to use on projects that you saw fit, and that says volumes about your reputation in the industry that you could actually go do that. I mean, that's an that's an amazing accomplishment. Um, you talked well, about thank you,
2: you, you yeah, talked, thank you, Patrick.
1: Uh, you, you you talked about how um, steel sharpens steel and opposition. Do you mind just commenting a little bit on this? It's a question I've had. What was it like becoming a CEO a CEO of a Fortune 500 company as a black man in America? I can't imagine that it wasn't a, a a challenge. And I'm just calling you know let's refer to the elephant in the room here. It was must have not been easy. And I think it says a lot about who you are, that you were able to to make that happen. And I do believe the Lord was behind it. I believe that his hand was in your work. He picked the right person. He prepared you. He groomed you. But I'd be really interested to know um, just maybe a minute or so insight into that experience. I know it's hard to combine 40 years into one minute, but do do you mind commenting on that?
2: Yeah, I don't mind at all. I think this. First, uh, I am not perfect, nor did I do everything right. I made mistakes, but I did things more right than wrong. And I had one philosophy, and that if, if better was possible, good was never enough. I was always reaching for the more. I was always challenging myself to be the best. Now, I will tell you that going through corporate America, the thing that is so clear to me is I didn't do it by myself. There was a time in my career when I thought I was all of that. But you know, God has a way of humbling you. And I think got caught in a couple of things that weren't as successful as I was used to and I'm trying to figure out which way it was up. And so don't think that this is some fairytale story of someone that just showed up and just moved his way through corporate America. That is not the case. I will tell you this. What what allowed me to do it was I always stayed in the game. I always sought to be my best, and there were many people that helped me along the way. This was God preparing me. I know I did not do this by myself. I had great mentors, and I, I you know there's a there's an African fable about an elephant and an ant that were walking through the jungle together, and they approached a bridge. And they decided to cross it together. So as they're crossing it, they get in this span, and that bridge starts to sway and rumble and creep. They go to the other side and disembark from the bridge. And that ant looks up to that elephant and says, boy, we sure shook that thing, didn't we? (laughs) So here's the thing, that you can be an ant, and if you walk with elephants, as I did in my journey up, I had great mentors, and I don't know how God put them in my life. I had great mentors that helped sharpen me, shape me, empower me, support me to do the things that God would have me to do and prepare me for my my assignment on earth. That's what I believe.
1: Yeah, I can appreciate that. I, I wouldn't be who I am without mentors, like even like yourself. I consider you a mentor now, Lloyd, and I appreciate what I'm learning from you and what I've learned from others, um, my dad, my grandfather, my partners. The list goes on. Um, I have a mentor named Carl Cogswell, who I, he's in his late 80s now, or his mid-80s, and he's probably taught me as much as anybody ever has. And so um, they say we're the sum total of the five people we surround ourselves uh, with, and I think it's absolutely true. But,
2: Very good. Hey, so, so what, Patrick, so what, you know, Patrick, right. So here's the deal. So, you know, ants can become elephants, right? Right. I mean, isn't that the big I mean, that's God's way, right? So I'm now an elephant for others and And when you understand that that's God's way and God's will, then you accept it with pride, and you are humble in His presence.
1: Right. And he, he uses us to accomplish his purposes. You know, I, I mentioned the 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 descendant documentary, the story of the Clotilde, because I see, and anyone who has their eyes open, is seeing more and more of these kinds of occurrences your business and your project is one of those it's a major it can be a major contributor but there are other stories of of the truth coming out and of people coming together and y- unity happening and black white uh you know multiple races working together to accomplish good and it and i know whose hand is behind it right um, but it's it's very inspiring. I mean, it's very exciting to to, to see it happening. Um, so let's jump into your project. We we we've only got an hour here, so <laughs> let's make sure we don't run out of time. So so talk about word holdings. Talk about your project. Uh, we 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 alluded briefly before to the uh, the fact that Africa only produces less than three percent of the GNP. Um, Although it's sixty, it produces sixty percent of the resources. Right? It's one of the largest continents in the world. It has it's abundant in in minerals and, and agriculture and so many different resources. It's in this extraordinary continent made of made up of millions and millions of people and dozens of countries. But why is it that there's only that it's only producing three percent? And how is Lloyd Ward? Uh, And how is word holdings going to change that?
2: Well, okay. So Africa has 60% of the arable land on earth. Arable land is land that you can grow stuff on. So it's agricultural land, right? And um, so Africa will have to be a bigger player in global economy uh, as the world continues to expand. Expected to be 9 billion people by 2050 from 7 plus billion now. Okay. Right, and and you got to feed the world's people, and right now we have food insecurity in the world. Productivity and the benefit of Africa in the global supply chain of food is going to be critical for the world to be sane and fed. In addition, Africa has many of the resources that fuel modern technology, um, graphite, and 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 all the things that are part of uh, 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 energy storage and electric vehicles and electric power, right? clean energy, sustainable. And I can go on and on with this. But what we are doing in our company is that we focus on the agricultural uh, sector. We went to Africa on assignment from China, if you can imagine that. Uh, And I had had extensive experience in China. Uh, 20 years I was involved in China when it was less developed than Tanzania is today. And now China is one of the industrial powerhouses in the world. So I've seen the transformation in 25 years. And I look at uh, Africa today and I say, what's missing? And what's missing is the idea that you can create economic value through value addition of what is extracted from your land or grown on it and serve the world in a way that everyone wins. That's our kingdom solution. Not that one wins and another loses. It's not a zero-sum game. And here's the thing, Patrick. We are working on some projects that are truly transformative economically. Cashews. Cashews are the the strongest economic platform that I've seen of any agricultural crop in my career. And I was the president of Frito-Lay, and we made all of our great products that your, your listeners consume and enjoy in the U.S., from agricultural crops, corn, potatoes, and the like. And right. so I could, I could spot this because God, it prepared me for this moment in time. Cashews. Now, this is, I, for those of you that are in business and have some idea of what I'm going to say, so we are seeing that we can get an 80% gross margin, 30% EBITDA margins, and cash flow positive in the first year of operation, of industrialization of the cashew nut subsector. Now, those numbers may not mean something to several of you, but I will tell you as an expert industrialist, that is transformative. It operates more like a high-tech company than an agricultural company. And the reason is that the value that God has put in this crop, this cashew crop, is so abundant it's 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 part of what you see in Africa that the economic benefit of what they grow on their land and extract from it is is exported and not enjoyed by the indigenous people let me just say this and god would not have made africa the most resource abundant land on earth and expected scarcity for its inhabitants you see right that's not god that's man And so we have an opportunity to, as we listen to God and as we find a pathway forward, to unlock his provision and promise to Africa. And guess what, Patrick? The world will become a better place.
1: I agree. Balance the scales, as it were.
2: Balance the scales.
1: I think not just right wrongs and uh, make up for those wrongs, but I think really unveil, kind kind of like peel back the layers of the plan that has always existed the plan that was supposed to happen it's just been delayed for these hundreds of years i think god had the plan i mean we know in god's time you know you know a thousand years is a day for him so it goes it goes that you know it it hasn't been as long for him as it has for you and for, for for many of us but um but it's still a plan i believe that was supposed to and is supposed to happen and is now being unveiled and now coming into into fruition so uh let me comment just on the cashews real quick because this is something i've learned from you and and i didn't know this before we, I, cashews are my favorite nut but but i've also learned that there's so many other ways to use the cashew where you have the nut itself you have uh you can grind down the shell and get about 20% of oil out of it. You can turn that shell into kind of like a charcoal briquette that burns hotter and cleaner than a charcoal briquette. Uh, even uh, the fruit itself can be used in multiple different ways. And makes me think of corn where you can get polenta out of it in and, and cereal. and. And a cornmeal and even ethanol and all these different things that comes out of corn. There's multiple different revenue sources. And when you can have one product that produces multiple revenue sources, you're on to something. I mean, it's a, I, I've heard you say it's a trillion-dollar project, right? Just the cashews well, alone.
2: Well, therein lies God's provision, right? So you can't make this up. If God had given me a magic wand and said, my son, design a crop that will help you unlock my provision and promise to a people and its land, I would not have been smart enough to design this harvest. Right, And you you stated it exactly right, that there are multiple uh, economic, very profitable economic cash streams that come from this one crop. Now, here's the thing that we've done, and this is historic. In uh, November 4th, 5th, and 6th, we celebrated Fest. where in the past three years, we've been re-engineering something that the continent has been trying to do for 30 years. And that is Africa harvests 60% of the cashew nuts in the world, but no one knows it. They sell their cashew nuts as commodity to Vietnam and India, and they process it and sell it into the global marketplace. And so Africa is not even noted on the origin, the country of origin of the cashew nuts. Now, what we've done is we've re engineered so that we do in country processing of the cashew nut. We then do value addition, consumer goods packaging. We branded it as Tanzanuts the best tasting cashew nuts from the rich and fertile soils of Tanzania direct to the US market, direct to your pantry. From seed to global market, from seed to consumption. We've re engineered my company, the entire supply chain. And in November, early November, we had the first container of product that was grown, processed, packaged, and shipped directly to the U.S. No brokers, dealers, traders, handlers in the middle, direct to the U.S. It was historic, and we have much more to come.
1: Well, cutting out the middlemen is um, a big piece of how to make this so economical, right? I mean, you've talked about how farmers make I think it's ten cents per kilo currently. Is it ten or twenty cents per kilo? But with your project, by taking it direct to consumers, they can make as much as a dollar a kilo. And you're the expert on the numbers, but do you want to talk about that? Because that's that's cutting out these middlemen and doing what you're doing.
2: Yeah, it's well. There's it's, two things: there's this cutting out the middleman. We call it disintermediation. So we're disintermediating non-value-added players in the global supply chain. That's one thing. And the other thing is we're creating more economic value from the crop itself. Okay, so for those two things, I would create enormous financial returns and transformative returns. So for Africa as a continent, 60% of the cashews that are harvested every year, if we take them to the market as a, uh, um, a consumer packaged goods and industrial products that you get from the shell and from the apple, what you have is a trillion-dollar business. Now, a trillion is a big number. That's a thousand billion or a million million. But what you have is Africa has such vast resources at scale that one can find a way to industrialize it. We call it MDI, market-driven industrialization. And we have kingdom principles that drive that for us, three basic principles. One, no one serve your market. Two, follow the money, three, act in unity. Those are all kingdom principles. And so we talk about how we serve the market. You know and serve your market. The US is the number one importer of cashew nuts in of any country in the world. Know and follow the money. There's incredible economic benefit, as you said, in three different pro- profit streams from the same harvest, and then acting in unity from this farmer to the processor to the to the logistics supporter, to the US buyer on and to the US market, and every country working with every other country, not in competition, but to serve the market. That's how we're approaching it and it is working.
1: Well and I know it's not just cash use, right? It's that's the tip of the iceberg. As big as that market is, a trillion dollar product or project, It's the tip of the iceberg because you're also going to be bringing in tea and and spices and rice and you even have Uh, fresh fresh food through your sister company, Motherland, which we're up against our break. But I want to come back and talk about that briefly and then get into the the IPO that you're working on. You have a pre-IPO in process and uh, talk a little bit about the importance of transparency and the importance of the financial side of this, just how what you're valued at right now. It's it's extraordinary, Lloyd. So we're going to uh, take another quick break, everybody. We're visiting with Lloyd Ward, CEO and founder of Ward Holdings. Really enjoying the conversation so far, Lloyd, but we will be right back. Hold tight, guys, we'll be back in just a moment.
3: Follow us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. If you're a nonprofit in need of funding, we can help. Certainty Management is a cost reduction firm that also helps churches, schools, sports teams, and other nonprofits raise unlimited zero cost funding. Best of all, you don't have to sell anything or ask for donations. Call 888-684-3122 to learn more today. That's 888-684-3122. Visit us on the web at certaintyteam.com. That's certainty, T-E-A-M, like Mary.com. Be sure to like the Voice America Business Channel on Facebook. You'll find out about up-to-the-minute business happenings and get ideas from entrepreneurs and business professionals. Search Voice America Business or click the like button under the player and stay ahead of the curve.
0: Certainty Management can help create more certainty in your life with our deep discount health insurance options, even for 1099s, part-time employees, volunteers, and more. Pay less to protect yourself, your loved ones, and your team. Call 888-684-3122 for a free quote today. That's 888-684-3122. Visit us on the web at certaintyteam.com. That's certainty, T-E-A-M, like Mary.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Finding Certainty with Patrick Lang. Have a question for Patrick or his guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to the show with Patrick.
1: We are back with Mr. Lloyd Ward, founder and CEO of Ward Holdings. Lloyd, thanks for being with us thus far. I'm really enjoying uh, peeling back the layers of uh, your uh, Tanzanets and, and Motherland project. Um, do you mind going into a little bit of detail about the, the plans for the company? We, we've talked a little bit about the cashew crop and the potential. There's also this fresh produce side with Motherland. And that was, you know, when we were at Liberty University and I heard you speak and I heard your partners speak, his speech was one of those that really touched me as well because he talked about making up for for past wrongs. He talked about uh, working together to accomplish this this divine project, this divine operation and it was it was just very touching. You know, he's a white man talking about wanting to make things right and doing so in this way and I really appreciated it. I think everybody in the room there's a lot of a uh, lot of uh, emotional people with, you could tell they were choked up listening to both him and to you but uh tell us a little bit about motherland and just the the relationship if you don't mind
2: yeah i will and i'll tell you a little bit about jim bloom who is my partner at motherland um you know patrick uh the human genealogy is that we're 99.99 percent the same in, in our genetic structure mm-hmm. uh and so only one one hundredth one percent defines all the diversity in humankind on earth okay now and so that's one way to look at it. The other way to look at it is for those of us that are faith-based, you know, it, we transcend color, we tr- transcend differences to really unite around our faith. And that's what you just referenced with with my dear friend, uh, Jim Bloom, and what he's done with uh, partnering with us to create Motherland. We are talking Africa Fresh Direct. We're talking perishables. We're talking about as you harvested, it, it will come to the market, it will be on the shelves of in the U.S., although it's grown in Africa. And we have come together to open up direct bilateral trade. And it is transformative because for it was hard to believe is the U.S. has very little direct trade with Africa. For instance, we buy 90 percent of our ginger from China. China buys 80 percent of the ginger from Africa. Go figure. Why do that? Why not just buy our ginger from Africa? Right. Right. And so the world has set up to marginalize Africa and the U.S., the largest consumption market in the world, does not trade with the land that can produce the most agricultural produce. And by the way, other minerals and uh, industrial materials than any other nation on Earth, any other continent on Earth. And so what we're doing is and this to your point around the reconciliation, making the wrongs right. Um, You know, we pray for this on heaven, uh, on earth as it is in heaven. And that's what kingdom is all about, on earth as it is in heaven. And so we're not doing anything. Here's here's the thing. When you're doing the righteous thing and the thing that is to be as God would have it, then that's when you have certainty. Even though the pathway can be difficult. And so we are uh, with this parallel company, our sister company we are in the process right now of bringing fresh avocados directly to the U.S., fresh ginger, fresh um, uh, strawberries, uh, uh, fresh... uh, I can go on and on with this because there are 25 items that we have market requests for to bring directly from Africa into the U.S., and that's just the start. And so that's one side of it. The other side of it is that you know, when we look at MBI, market-driven industrialization, it creates transformative economics. And the thing that we're doing is we are pursuing uh, on the Dar es Salaam Stock Exchange becoming a publicly traded company. Now, remember when I raised uh, with Edward Gold $300 million on the, the, the U.S. stock market, uh, I mean Wall Street, uh, one of the things you do with a SPAC is you use that money, $300 million that we raised, to buy a private company and take it public you combine your cash with their operating platform and in doing that you create a publicly traded company and so god gave me that experience and i also had the experience of running a fortune 500 company as a public entity and so i know the value of a publicly traded company and i know it's limitations And so here's the reason why we want to move our company to a publicly traded company. Most people advise us against it because you have to disclose, because you have to tell people what you're doing. You have requirements to to disclose what you're doing and be transparent. That's what the public market requires. And we say that one of the most important things that will help Africa unlock its vast resources and become part of the mainstream of the global economic enterprise is transparency. You see, Africa is a land of broken promises and dreams to be realized. The broken promises, three hundred years, they've been gained. They've been, they've been, you know, shortchanged. They've been promised things in their front while people were picking their bo- their pocket in the back, and they don't know who to believe and what to believe. It's taken us. It took us two years to get to a point where we could be trusted, and we are. The direct aspiras African Americans coming back to our homeland, and so transparency matters. So we want to be transparent. We want to show the world the benefit of partnering with Africa to help unlock its provision from the heavens. That's nice. the first. Second is the public market is faith based. Most people don't see it that way. When you invest in a stock, you're investing in the hope, the prayer, the The faith that it will go up. The stock market pays for the future cash flow streams of an economic platform or company for the future cash flows, not what you did last year, not even in meeting your quarterly uh, 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 earnings targets. It can punish you for missing your targets, but the market really wants to know what are the future expectations of cash going forward, and that's what they will reward you for their belief in what you can produced going forward. And guess what? There's no land on Earth that has more opportunity going forward than Africa, We see. So I hope you get the connection that, that if the market values future cash flows and Africa has the most resource abundant land on Earth, and if we partner with Africa to bring Africa into the mainstream of global economic enterprise, Africa today is like the U.S. 150 years ago. Africa is at the age of the dawn of industrialization. Africa is at like the times of the Rockefellers and the Vanderbilts and the Carnegie's. Rockefeller money is still around today. At his height, Rockefeller was three times the network of Jeff Bezos today, one of the most successful entrepreneurs of our time. And I know him and he's a fabulous individual and has done an incredible job on Amazon. And so I'm not saying that we are Rockefeller or that we're Jeff Bezos and Amazon. I'm saying that these are the times of great wealth creation. And one of the ways to unlock that wealth is through the public market where you have transparency and you can get broad participation in your your value creation platform.
1: Exactly. Well, I know uh, the fact that you've already been valued as a company as part of this pre-IPO at a valuation of over $5 billion. It's what, 5.6 billion? And you just had your first shipment come in. About three weeks ago, right? Yeah, so, so again,
2: so the market values you for what you can do, but you have to have evidence underneath it that you can do it. Exactly. And so the fact that we are actually now shipping product is more evidence that our platform can deliver its promise. And so every time we take a step further and we go from one container to 10. We're looking at 10 containers this year, and we want to go to 10 containers per month next year, and then 100 containers a month for the following year, like that, right? And so it, this is a scaled business, and it has great economics. And so if you can scale a business that has has 30% EBITDA margin, 20% cash flow margins, you've got a, you've got a, a value creation machine. The stock market will reward rewards you for that so we want to put that in front of the world we want to show the world the value of africa when you partner with it to unlock its vast riches
1: well there's so many parts of this story uh, that just resonate for me uh talk about finding certainty it's really about creating certainty right it 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 exists it can be had it's and it's peeling back those layers to remember it and to discover it and i love your comment about how god's already done it right he's the same today tomorrow and or yesterday oh. today, and tomorrow and and he has had this plan in place he's been patient maybe working and waiting and preparing people like you to bring it to pass but it's it's i love that element of it because you know you're talking about a pre-ipo i mean your shares are at what 10 cents a share right now and one of the reasons you you have the shares so at such a low cost is so that anyone can afford them, including the farmers like and the this. others back in Africa, right? So yeah, there's baby. so much there's so much symbolism and significance in this story, and in spirit, if I may say so. Um and, and, and I love that. I mean, even when you're when you talk about the Tanzafest uh, that was in New Orleans uh, two or three weeks ago, and. um and you held the celebration at congo square yes you mind sharing why that was significant
2: yeah and it was significant Patrick, and thank you for such a wonderful question so congo square is a a, a location where during the height of slavery uh that the slave masters that were faith-based Uh, would allow the slaves to congregate together. It was on a Sunday, the Sabbath afternoon, after they'd done all the work that they were charged to do in the morning, they would get a half day free to go to this location that came to be known as Congo Square. And while the slaves were from different tribes, different languages, different different geographical areas of, of Africa, and they couldn't communicate through language, they could communicate through music and song and dance, and they could be African for a half day. The slave owners actually found that the slaves were more productive when they were given this opportunity to be themselves, even for a moment. Right. And and so this is believed to be the, the where jazz was created, and you can kind of see how that might happen, where you just come together and you just share what you have which is music dance uh and and you communicate with each other to be african so it was very symbolic for us to go back to congo square
1: i bet well we're coming up on the end of our show we have just a couple minutes left i know you you've actually moved over to tanzania it's this gorgeous country with the serengeti and kilimanjaro and and everything I know you're back and forth a lot but you have a home over there now because you're spending so much time there you are fully committed to this project and it's about more than just the the income I mean obviously the return that you expect for for your investors um, is extraordinary but um I mean've I've heard references to it coming out in IPO and being comparable to Apple and other types of Projects. There's no guarantee, of course, but all the elements are lining up for an IPO that could be life changing for your investors now. But you're also creating. You, I've heard. I've heard talk about 40 million new jobs. You know. I've t- you talk about the the uh, the the farmers actually being compensated at a scale that will change their lives generationally um the list goes on right we we're out of time but i'm i'm so inspired by the story lloyd is there any one last thought you'd want to share with the, the the listeners and then we are up against the clock
2: yeah we ask everyone to pray for us and follow us uh, please go to tanzanuts.com t a n z n u t z so it's nuts with a z as not an s nuts tanzanuts.com and you can follow our story um you'll be able to engage and potentially buy product from us we have all kinds of things we're going to be bringing to the market we are in the market now we have a wonderful product offering that you can uh, you know if you want to know what it's about and what are these cashew nuts and how we packaging them and how we're bringing them to the us go to our website and you'll start to engage with us and for those of you that, that want to watch this and see how it might unfold, you can, you'll have an opportunity to become our investor in our IPO. And we do have pre-IPO offerings as well. If any of you are interested in, in just learning more about that, if you wouldn't mind, Patrick, we'd have any of your listeners contact you and you can put them in contact with us. Uh, and we'd be happy to let them know more about our story and how they might get involved.
1: Absolutely. Uh, there's a pre-IPO meeting a couple of nights a week. So anyone who's interested in learning more about that can be a fantastic opportunity and really a chance to be a part of something that's not just economically um, phenomenal, but has heart. And uh, we're honored to be a part of it. Frank, uh, you know, Frank uh, Hellring and I, my partner, we're we're very honored to be a part of it to be supporting you. We're looking at helping with financing and some other things and and just Honored to be uh, to be friends. Uh, as they say in Swahili, asante sana for being on my show. Uh,
2: and it's mutual. And we say "karibu sana. You're much welcome. Thanks so much, everybody. Thanks for listening.
1: Lloyd, thanks for being here. We'll continue the conversation uh, again. We should have you on another time and, and we'll update everyone on the progress because there's a lot of things happening and we just scratched the surface today. But thanks for being here. I really appreciate it. Thanks for tuning into today's
0: episode of Finding Certainty. We hope you've gained some more insight into how to create more certainty in your own business or nonprofit. Join us next week for another taste of the certainty experience. Until then, we wish you greater certainty in all that
2: you do.